Welcome to the DJ Force X podcast, episode 16. Uh, this week we have uh, Brett from Blue Starly. Um, I've been wanting to get hold of him for a while. Uh, it was totally worth it. He's got a new album coming out in October, October 2nd to be precise. It's called The Devil. Uh, it'll be available in digital and physical formats. Uh, check out fixedstore.com forward slash Blue Starly. That's F I X T store.com forward slash blue starly um and get your pre-orders in uh it's worth it it's a great album uh if not download it via amazon itunes all those sort of places will be available too um so yeah uh what i want to do as well if you don't mind uh if you can rate and review these shows that i'm putting out on itunes and stitcher that would be awesome it just helps just get the population up and listening um you know and gets these artists a little bit of extra exposure that they deserve um you know through their work and yeah also check out my radio show if you want to hear some blue starley if you want to hear some richie nicks or any of my previous guests check out my radio show they're on uh, tuesday nights um on totalrock.com at 11 p.m uk time that's 6 p.m east coast 3 p.m pacific also it goes out on the mix radio network on saturday nights uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 a.m. if you're up that late in the UK. Um, but I also upload them after they've aired as well, so you can stream them. And now you can download them. Um, if you go to mixcrate.com forward slash DJ Force X, you can now download my show, which is awesome. Um, so you can have it anywhere you want to have it. Um, but yeah, if you can do all that for me, uh, it's just a slight request. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I'm not advertising anything apart from myself. But yeah, uh, we're going to get into the interview now. This is uh, Blue Starly. Enjoy. Everybody, uh, this week I have a very special guest on my show. I have Brett, also known as Blue Starly. Welcome, Brett. Yes, thank you very much. No problem. How are you today? Doing fantastic. How about you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Yeah, I got a rare day off today, so I'm, uh, you know. Oh, actually, yeah, you got to take advantage of those. Yes, exactly, and the weather's good as well, so it's been a, it's been a good day. <laughs> Beautiful. Excellent. All right, so uh, we're here today. Um, obviously to speak to you uh and just for the benefit of my listeners uh, because i've got a lot from um like overseas and things sure um who or what is blue starly (coughs) well first of all just to get it out there when we're when we're beginning the uh beginning the interview here you guys will hear me coughing quite a lot i'm not coming down with something i'm not dying and you certainly won't catch it digitally uh (laughs) that is the that is the fun of living with asthma which you earn from playing way too many smoky clubs and biker bars back in your formative years. So yes. damn all of that. And <laughs> I'm sorry ahead of time. It's, it's uh can't help it. Yeah. Got it. Not so, sorry. but to jump to your question, uh, blue Stolly is a one man. That's me, a uh, musical project. And it's really, uh, it's really a multi-genre sort of thing. So like the entire, uh, the entire musical force of this ranges everywhere from electronic rock to uh to down tempo to pop to breakbeat to weird experimental stuff and mm-hmm. trailer music and and uh all sorts of weird genres in between yeah no as i'm i often play on my radio show uh so listeners who listen to both these would have heard you before that's um, awesome they would have heard uh ultra numb uh in particular and suit up as well Oh, beautiful. They're the two main tracks I've played, but I've played tracks you've collaborated with uh, Cell Dweller as well. Yes. Um, it is a, a great blend of um, those particular genres as well. Uh, that's what my show kind of um, specializes in, if you will. That's fantastic. With that kind of crossover. If you look at your, uh, your track list from your, from your last show, I'm like, oh, this guy throws some eclectic stuff down. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, and you got two tracks on the last one as well. So <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, trust me, I was... I was like, you know, wave the little victory fingers around on that. Yes. No, I, I saw your tweet. So thank you for that. Well. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, w- I wish I would have uh, 
been smart enough to catch it ahead of time so I can tell people like, oh, shit, go here right now. Yeah, that's right. I'll let you know when it goes out again. I, I was chatting to uh, one of your label associates, Richie Nix, last week. Yes, yeah. And uh, he's also, uh, you're from Detroit, right? I'm actually, I live in Detroit now. Okay. I'm actually from Phoenix, Arizona, ah. which is a, a wildly divergent a wildly divergent area and and attitude and and everything so i i grew up in the desert and will always be a desert rat and <laughs> moving up here was the first time that i had seen snow so it's oh, okay even though i've been here for a bit it still kind of catches me off guard i'm like oh my god this what is all these pine trees instead of cacti not a fan <laughs> so how, how long have you been in detroit for well i arrived here in uh, September of 07. Okay. So, uh, long enough to be way over snow. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm, I, as you can tell from my accent, I'm from England. So we get like cold, a lot of cold weather there. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, we get a bit of snow as well, you know, occasionally. So yeah, it's like, as soon as from that, I'm like, Oh, I can't bitch about the rain to this guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I live in Florida and it's just hot and humid all the time. Oh my God. So oh, yeah. it, you know, I, I can't complain. You know, it's all year round, having like a winter month going over Christmas and whatnot, and it's just it's hot, and you just, this is really right. weird. But oh, it's, it's that's kind the of, best. You know, palm trees everywhere as well. So you know, <laughs> awesome. No, I was gonna say because um, obviously uh, Richie Sound um, has that kind of crossover element as well. I thought that might be a Detroit thing, but um, if you're from elsewhere, then um, has that has that always like been part of your musical styles? Have you always been uh, wanting to cross over those genres or is it uh, kind of evolved from something else? Oh, it's, it's been there from the start. I, um, <clears throat> because I, I started out, I mean, like a lot of people wind up at this point after, uh, after playing in a lot of different bands or in like, Oh, I was in a, you know, I was in a, a in a bar blues band for 10 years and then I did this for 10 <laughs> years. And that was not my path at all. Uh, <clears throat> back in 1995, I started getting into uh, started getting into programming and sampling and stuff like that with these uh, these these little programs called trackers mm. that were very small programs that ran in DOS <laughs> and pretty much had no graphical interface. It was all everything ran vertically, and you had to you had to do things with hexadecimal, and it looks like a spreadsheet when you're seeing everything fly past you. But it was. Uh, it was it, it all very much had that like underground hacker ethos to it. So everything was like, yeah, we're like sharing stuff around and we're posting things on BBSs and here, get, like here's a here's a pack full of drum loops and use them in your songs and like the, like the earliest ones were all eight bit and I just like any like any style that I wanted to do, I would uh, I would attempt and and do very very terribly in the <laughs> in these trackers and did a uh like for the longest time that's how i saw music and then to a large to a large part today that's kind of how i see music in my head uh <laughs> even when i'm working in something like pro tools or cubase i still kind of have that tracker background yeah and it's something that i'm diving back into now but i was such a big fan of uh movie soundtracks like not like not even the scores themselves which were great but the things that would be like event soundtracks, yeah, you know, where on one album you would get everything from hip hop to rock to electronic to ambient to singer songwriter, just everything living on one album. And I I liked everything and had no illusions of like, oh, well, this is just going to be th th this is this is absolutely my escape from everything and what I'm going to pour myself into. I don't care if I ever make it big or not. I, this is just I have to do this or I'll die. So I just did every style that came to me, and again, I don't, I don't do them good. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't do them well, but I, but I, I've always liked doing a little bit of everything in my own way. That's cool because I mean, your music it is good. Trust me. Oh, well, thanks. Um, uh, I've I've enjoyed it for a few years now. Um, I stumbled upon you. I think uh, SoundCloud. I think was probably the place where I found ah okay some of your tracks. Um, and it, I think it was a, uh, a corn mashup. I think it was, uh, freak on a leash. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. There was a, um, there was a mashup artist named agro one mm. who did, who did a lot of, 
he did a lot of Blue Stolly mashups, and I know I know for a fact he did one or two Blue Stolly corn tracks. So I would not be surprised if that was if that was one of his that you heard. I I love the hell out of mashup stuff, and that's I I I must have come across that as well. So that's that's cool. I'm I'm glad that something that ridiculous and awesome led you to me yes it was uh it's uh, a gateway drug if you will <laughs> oh, beautiful um so yeah um who who inspired you musically um obviously i know you're talking about you know back in the day using trackers and things just to produce um music via these systems but was there anyone that particularly um you heard something and thought ah oh, you know i want to do something like that or you know something when you're making music you think about a certain artist or anything Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was like 1995 was like the magic year when I discovered a, a, like many different things with with getting into trackers that also led to uh, getting into the demo scene that was uh, that was like reaching a fever pitch at that point and still going today. And at the time, the biggest demo scene group uh, was this group called Future Crew. And it was it was just this. It was this like Wu Tang style collective of coders and artists and musicians and stuff like that. And uh, there was one composer, um, Purple Motion, who was like far away, like he was like the rock star of that group. Purple Motion was damn cool. Skaven was damn cool. And that was the sort of thing where it's like any like any um, any mod or S3M or something that he had done, like I, I have to have this. I have to see how he's putting this stuff together. That was absolutely, <laughs> that was absolutely incredible. And that's also around the time uh, that I discovered um, uh, Clayton's uh, Clayton's earlier earlier works, like Circle of Dust and Argyle Park, and things like The Prodigy and Juno Reactor, and those things really sort of honed it all in for me and like oh well i want to do a mix of all of this stuff together and i would just listen intently on headphones trying to reverse engineering that's a, that's a healthy amount of influence there as well oh absolutely yeah i love the prodigy it's one of my favorite uh groups oh my of, god of yes all time. seeing them live as well um it's fantastic like oh like, man guilty generation era um that was when i was sort of out and about at gigs and stuff so Anything prior to that was a bit. I was a bit too young to be hitting the rave scene, but um, <laughs> <laughs> everything past that is is just been brilliant. I love their stuff, so no, oh, that's really so, cool. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I would walk down the street. I lived uh, I lived a couple blocks away from uh, uh, from this record store called Zia Records. That they're I think they're only in I think they're only in Arizona. They may also be. Maybe there's a location in Vegas, but I, I think they're only in Arizona and they do like underground albums and used CDs and stuff like that. And always the weirdest things you could possibly think of mm. they had and usually had for like five dollars or so. So I would I would save up all my money, walk a couple blocks down there and go get a bunch of like uh, rave and techno compilations from the UK and bring it back and and just be just have my mind blown by the way that this was all done. That sounds like kind of like me. We had the, obviously the same sort of tech compilation tapes in local record stores. Right. It would be just like, um, a DJ mixed this, you know, this, this, these tracks together. Um, but it was all like, it was like the prodigy, the chemical brothers, underworld, all these like British dance acts and things. Oh but, my um, God. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, like cowgirl from underworld is still one of my absolute favorite songs. And, and, like one of my life goals is like I will do a cover of that song at some point in a weird way. <laughs> do it, do it. I would appreciate that. It would be uh, <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, no, I love Underworld again. It's one one of my favorite. Like when I was growing up, just these dance artists that came out of the UK, um, just fantastic. And Underworld, just I still listen to them now. You know, uh, like oh, absolutely. Cow goes a great track. Um, I'm trying to think of the tracks. It's been a while since I've done the track. I know the album names, but not the tracks. Right, right. But uh, Dub No Bass with My Headman, that album. Oh my, yeah, that's a classic. And um, Second Toughest in the Infants as well. Yes. Yeah, those, those were very formative for me as well. And they still they still sound good today. Like, that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's not... Like, today, everyone sort of branches off into, like... They get very elitist with their genres and subgenres. And you go back to some of that stuff... You know, like you like you you pull up old things from 
from from the '90s and from the UK scene, like uh, like Underworld or Stereo MCs or Black Grape, and it's like this this has no genre, and it sounds just as fresh today as it did then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Pearl's Girl was the track I really like. Oh yeah, That's hell yeah. One. Uh, it's a good driving track, that one. <laughs> God, yes. Um, and another band is well, Orbital. Have you heard of them? Oh, yeah. I, uh, I saw them live, actually, oh, in sweet. 1999. They played, with, uh, they played with Crystal Method and Low Fidelity All-Stars in Long Beach, California. And I drove out. I drove from Phoenix to Long Beach and bummed around California for a little bit to go, to go see that. That was, the, that was really my first, like, electronic show. Nice. That sound, actually, that's a good lineup as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so some people, uh, obviously, uh, people who listen to our radio show would have heard you, but um, some people may have heard you and not realized that they have. Uh, I did do a little bit of research and found that your music was used on some games and some trailers for some big, big films. Um, yep. So you got like, is it Dead Rising 3? Uh, I'm, in, uh, I'm in Dead Rising 2. Two? Actually, let me... Let me uh... Let me go to my. Uh, this is so sad. I have to go to my own site. <laughs> Which anyone anyone listening to this, my uh, my site is very much in need of being updated. Let's see where where, where are my games? Uh, the Evil Within, Dead Rising Two, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, The Vengeance DLC, and Black Ops. Uh, or I'm sorry, Call of Duty Online. Uh, and trailers are. <laughs> There, there are many of them, but some of the biggest and most recent were um, X-Men Days of Future Past, uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Iron Man 3, Star Trek Into Darkness, and a bunch of cool stuff like that. Cool. How, I was going to ask, how did those opportunities come up? Funny thing is, those happened, uh, that began happening right at the inception of Blue Stolly. Uh, I, uh, I came to the Cell Dweller Studios not to be an artist, but to, uh, uh, but to be a studio worker. I was, I was going to be doing scut work, like, you know, time correcting and editing and stuff like that, not composing music, just like only doing editing and, and, and stuff like that and whatever needed to be done. And at the time I had moved on from trackers and was doing stuff in Cubase. But also at that time is when Cell Dweller was uh, heavily into Pro Tools and he said, well, if you're, if you're going to be working here, then you have to learn Pro Tools. And like all these, I mean, all those DAWs work basically the same yeah. with a couple, with a couple, you know, fundamental and cosmetic differences. And so he said, okay, I've never taught anyone how to use Pro Tools before. So just work the way that you normally would. Just write, just write, write a song. This will just be like a learning experience thing. Just write a song as you normally would. And as soon as you reach an impasse, and, you know, you're hitting a wall where it's like, oh, in Cubase, to route this thing this way, I would do this. What's the Pro Tools equivalent of that? Because, like, when you reach that point, then come get me. I'll help you out. So I start doing that. And he takes a listen to what I'm writing and kind of scratches his chin and says, huh, can you uh, can you sing? I'm like, not, not well, <laughs> but sure. So he said, okay, write lyrics and a vocal line. And then this will for, – for this track that you're working on – and this will be a good way to show you vocal comping and vocal editing and stuff like that. So I I did that and had the very nerve-wracking experience of singing uh singing the first, you know, the the, the first blue stolly thing that I had written in front in front of Clay while he was in the room. And you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, no pressure. This is just the guy <laughs> that you looked up to uh forever and now you're on the spot and have to have to sing and sound just terrible in front of them so <laughs> i did that and while the um while that song was still in demo form uh it landed in the it landed in the dvd collection of some tv show called witchblades like a hot chick superhero kind of thing okay and that song later went on to be kill me every time which is on the debut album mm. And from that point, uh, Clay had said, okay, you're, um, with what that track did, you're way more valuable to this label as an artist rather than an editor for the studio. So in January 1 of 2008, I went full time. And before writing the, um, before writing the rest of the artist material, 
my production boot camp was to write a 22 song production album for film and TV <laughs> that was basically was basically um, the label's way of saying, show us what you got. Like, like, can you do rock? Can you do hip hop? Can you do electro? Like, whatever. Like, show us what you can do. Yeah. And so I did that. I, I, I turned that album in and <laughs> wound up whittling a couple tracks off of it and released it as Anti-Sleep Volume 1. And I mean, that's that's the funny thing was originally the Anti-Sleep stuff <laughs> was not going to be released to the public. That was just going to be something that I did for like, oh, this will help pay the rent while I'm writing the artist stuff. Yeah. But it, it turned out so cool. And I was, you know, and I wound up being proud of it as well. And like, well, I kind of like coming out of the gate being a multi-genre thing. So I'm not painting myself into the corner mm. of like, oh, I always have to do rock stuff or I suck or I always have to do breakbeat or I suck like that. I would, I would get so, I would like jam a fork in my eye. I'd be so bored if I had to do (laughs) one style. So I love the fact that the first thing that came out for Blue Stolly was just this multi-genre mishmash going everywhere from uh, breakbeat to electronic to heavy electronic rock to down tempo no that's cool i mean i i I streamed some of your previous work um as well uh via the various various stream sites that that are available Um, yes awesome and and, um the the sort of the the evolution in the sound um yes from where obviously you say you started off as a multi which you did you started off as a multi-genre um artist but um just the 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 production and the songwriting um, and how that's evolved up until um, your new album, which is due out uh, is it October second. Yes, yes, October second. Um, called the Devil. Um, just letting the people know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, it's oh. a it, it it's a mix of of like uh, the guitars. Um, you've got the big sort of electronic beats uh, and, and the bass as well, and like you've got a real like catchy sing along pop melodies as well with it oh yeah so it it is really catchy um i i found myself like humming it at work and that's fantastic <laughs> that that was i'm i'm glad that you i'm glad that you caught uh onto the um onto the pop influence with it because that was very much a that was very much a pointed effort for for this album uh, i wanted to do something a little different than the uh than the self-titled blue style album hmm. so with this one, I, I kind of wanted to experiment with, um, with like, what if I, what if I pulled back on the, what if I pulled back on like the screamy element, made the vocals more melodic and more, more pop and really focused on the songwriting. But by that same turn, since I'm, since I'm ramping all the screamy stuff down, what if I made the guitar parts that much bigger and that much darker? Yeah, no, definitely. Because uh, that first track, um, well, it's actually track two on your album. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it in front of me. Ooh, but it not com- over till we say so. That's it. Not over until we say so. Uh, it comes in with like that that kind of like real thrashy guitar and blast yeah. beat. And it was like, it took me by surprise to start with because I was like, oh, perhaps it's gone full on, you know. Right. Doing a full on rock track, you know, <laughs> but no, it went off. Um, it's one of the standout tracks on it as well, because it, it instantly got my attention. Um, I also dig uh, Armageddon. Yes. Um, Down in Flames and uh, Rockstar. As I'm, oh, I'm looking at the track listing now. So um, but those 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 tracks I've I really gravitate to. Um, like I said, they're the particular sort of standouts. That's fantastic. And I'm also I'm also really glad to hear uh that you dig Rockstar because I was I was almost for a time considering <coughs> considering not having it on the album because the uh because the lyrics of it are so in the opposite direction of <laughs> of everything else like uh, most all of the other songs are very you know they 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 have more of a serious they have more of a serious subject matter mm. uh are you know some of them are <laughs> are pointing a finger, whether that's at another person or at me or just something in general, uh, you know, like a, like a larger, like a larger concept. And that one is very much, that one is very much a positive uplifting track in the middle of, in the middle of all of that. And that spawned from, uh, when I go back, when I go back to Phoenix and visit <coughs> for the holidays and things like that, uh, I, I take that time to, um, 
to to get some supplies and stuff like that for uh for this place called the Crisis Nursery, mm. and it's it's like it's like where they um you know they help like at risk kids and, yeah. and families and stuff like that, <laughs> and they're you know it's, it's located in South Phoenix and they don't always have like they could programs like that could always use help yeah whether it's that or even just stuff at like a children's hospital. Uh, which I mean, my, my mom worked in the, uh, in the, in the psych division of a, um, of a children's hospital for years and, you know, hearing, like hearing the stories of, of, of all these, of all these kids and like the things that they've gone through at such a young age. Uh, it's like, man, like I, I just want to make a simple, like a simple catchy anthem for, for both the, like the kids in that situation and the families in that situation, because I've been I've been in the hospital on other people's behalf plenty, and in times like that, when you're sitting by someone's bedside and it's like three in the morning, and you've been there every night, uh, you know, yeah. you, you don't you don't necessarily want like a like a deep labyrinthine complex notion to pick apart. Like I just need something simple to get me through this. I need like a shot of coffee to get me going, you know, that's that sort of thing. So yeah. that's, that's what that, that song was intended to be. And part of me was like, Oh, I know there's going to be people who bitch about this song being on the record going like, Oh, these lyrics are cheesy. Oh, why is this happy song on here? And they can kiss my ass. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. No, when you, I mean, obviously putting together an album, it's, it's got to have, um, cause if you keep along one, uh, sort of steady songwriting theme, then it all becomes, even though they might sound slightly different, they all become the same. Oh, absolutely. Having that break in the hour, I think that's why it was a, like a a, a a track that really stuck out to me was because it was that different. Um, and it kind of, it breaks up the album almost and it makes the uh, the album structure more like a song structure. Because I, I, oh. I come from like a, a musical background as well. I've, I've, I was in a band that put out, a couple of albums so putting together mm -hmm. albums you kind of you listen to the songs in different orders right um, right and you consciously try and place them in order to to make them sound you know consistent sure or or, or as i do the same it's the same theory i use when i dj when i create sets and things mm -hmm. is i i do it as though i'm writing a song so you've got parts that go up you've got parts that go down you've got a break in the middle you know things like that Right, um, and that's how it felt to me as well. So just sort of that track, like you say, it it is different. Um, it is it is almost in the other direction, um, but it works. It worked for me when I listened to it. So that's awesome, and that's that's good to get that. That's good to get an outside perspective of of uh, of someone who likes that it's there and for and for those purposes. Because I mean, like one of the other things that that had me keep it in was. Uh, was the fact that like I I never want to come off as as one of those artists who's like oh I'm so dark and disturbed and mysterious oh, I can't even bear to be in the light can you can you tell from my glamour shots like I can't I, like anytime I see people talking that way or presenting themselves that way I'm like oh my god dude find a fainting couch already find a fainting <laughs> couch and a cigarette extender and shut up just make music so because that is that's not that's not my personality at all. Like I'm, I'm kind of a goof. I love comedy and I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's not, that's not even really the stuff that I, that I gravitate to. So this is, so this album kind of is everything all thrown together and smashed into a blender. Um, so have you got any, um, I saw you were recording a music video. Uh, was it for Armageddon? Oh, there's a uh, there's a lyric video out for uh, for Armageddon. Okay, and yeah, that was uh, that was done by a uh, production company called Cold Eyes. Uh, there's been some there's been some awesome uh, lyric videos for this thing. Uh, Cold Eyes did Armageddon. Uh, Animatronic did Enemy and Ready Aim Fire, and I actually did the lyric videos for Down in Flames and The Fall. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Like I. <laughs> And that probably reflects very well in those videos, but regardless of regardless of how much I suck at that, I'll I'll be doing one for the track of the devil as well. Cool, cool. And are you actually going to be producing like 
a full sort of cinematic music video for any of the tracks on there. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's um, there's a there's a specific director that I have in mind, and uh, and a direction that I want to go for one of the songs. I don't, I can't spoil it because he's he's not on board yet. Okay, and. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd hate for people to get all hype about it and then find out like, oh, it's something completely different. And this video is actually just Brett in a tutu for like three minutes. <laughs> hey, that's totally what we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say because I really enjoyed the um, Ultranum video. Yes, um, that was that was an absolute blast to do. That was uh, that was directed by Grant Mormon. And he's actually doing a um, uh, he did a, he did a uh, film that they're still in editing for called The Dunes that Clayton of Celldweller is doing the score for. Mm. So people can watch out for that very soon. And the Ultranum video is very much 50% Grant's ideas and 50% my ideas just smashed together. We had a couple uh, uh, like pre-visualization meetings where we're like, oh, what if we did this? Oh, yeah, well, that's cool. What if we did this? And uh, a little fun fact about that video mm. is that the the scene in the park where there's like the two Stepford wives – who uh, pull out the heart and start going crazy with knives and there's just blood everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the blonde Stepford wife in that uh, is a girl named Heather Antos. And she now, at, at the time, she was, uh, she was an actress. And now she works at Marvel Comics in New York and is an editor on all the Star Wars books and Deadpool. Oh, wow. So I, I'm actually reading the Star Wars books at the moment, so that's pretty Are cool. Are you really? That's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. For, for the name Heather Antos, and that is that is the girl in Ultranum. Crazy. Oh, cool. <laughs> I look, look for the name on them. I'll grab them out of the box after this. Yeah, yeah I, can't remember what, I can't remember what issue it is, but there's... There's an issue of Deadpool where she's actually in it. Like the artist drew her in just like oh, really? turning the panel and, and waving. Cause she's, you know, she's yeah. the editor. She's on him for stuff. They're like, ah, oh, we got to like, we got to put her in the book. She's cool. Yeah. No, I'll check through. I've got a couple of Deadpool ones as well. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll have a look. See if I can that's, spot that's it. That's awesome. I'll, I'll find out. Um, I'll hit you on Twitter. I'll, I'll find out. I'll find out what, uh, what issue it is. All right, cool. Yeah, no, definitely. So, um, uh, back to your album. Um, what was the meaning behind? I mean, it's obviously it's called the devil, so it's it's obvious in itself. But sure, what was the was there any specific meaning behind it? Well, the it's weird. The um the thing that sparked even making an album called the devil, and then what the concept wound up being were completely uh were completely unrelated. So uh when my when my grandfather passed. Uh, I was back in Phoenix and I was, I was actually, I was there in, um, I was there in, in, in hospice with him, uh, and then left. And it's like, he, he knew, he knew, like he, he knew we were all there and is, was such a stubborn son of a bitch. <laughs> he waited until everyone left and then, and then passed. He's like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass away with everyone in here. I'm going to let everyone go home and then I'll do it. So <laughs> So he did that. I extended my trip so we could do a memorial service and was going through old family albums uh, to find pictures to use and stumbled onto this picture of (laughs) from like from Halloween. And I'm probably like two or three years old in this homemade devil baby outfit. (laughs) And I show it to my mom. I'm like, is this is this me? Is this me in this thing? She's like, oh, yeah, me and uh me and a lady down the cul-de-sac we grew up in made that outfit for you. And it's this it's this bright red devil baby outfit, and on the front is a pitchfork. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is like this is funny as hell, especially because <laughs> it's me. This has to be the cover of an album or a t-shirt or something. And so right then I decided to make an album called The Devil. Uh and had my uh had my graphics guy like pull it into Photoshop and trace you know, partially trace and then recreate that pitchfork. And that's the pitchfork that you see branded on everything. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, chapter one and chapter two, the two EPs released for this record, both feature that devil baby on the front and in the fixed store, which is fixedstore.com forward slash blue stolly. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's t-shirts of the devil baby. There's stickers of the devil baby, all that, all that fun stuff. And I mean, so I I had the title of the record and a title track before I even really had 
before I even really had the concept. Yeah. And I'm typically the sort that, uh, that like, I don't really say what the meaning of a particular song is. Because uh, I, I I kind of go the David Lynch route and 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 leave it up to other people's interpretation. Yeah. And uh, but that being said, the lyrics to that track are, uh, I think are are very like I, I I do a lot of writing things in abstraction, but that track to me feels pretty feels pretty nail on the head and like oh this is what he's talking about okay so it's. It's been fun to watch people speculating online, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or comments on YouTube, going like, dude, your album's called The Devil. Are you satanic or something? <laughs> and people like working themselves into a tizzy, going like, I can't like I can't believe I supported this band and like he's like a devil worshiper. I'm like, just wait until you hear the song, fella. But you calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a very American thing that I found. So <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, we we love our opinions. Yes, yes, <laughs> and there are plenty full. Because um, <laughs> no, what I took away from it was like uh, listen to the album, listen to the song. If you don't mind me, sort of. No, yeah, absolutely. Playing on it myself, but um, it's like the the devil is in each track. If that makes sense. Ah. Like you've got like Armageddon, which is a pretty obvious track name. You know, right. Armageddon, end of the world, and you got things like Down in Flames. But it's that was more um, like the devil within the person. Mm -hmm. As in, you know, watching these like teen stars suddenly implode mm -hmm. and everybody's watching, you know, then no one's helping. Everyone's right. watching, you know, that kind of thing. And it's just like that particular examples of where that that where I sort of felt, you know, the name kind of fell into each track, if you will. Absolutely. And that's that's the thing is like I. Um, I, I don't think I could ever for the life of me do a full-on like concept record like i leave that i leave that fully to cell dweller like he's he's the he's the one who's the master of doing like you know like a full overarching story and a full concept album and stuff like that mm. and as much as i kept telling myself like there's like okay there's not going to be like an overarching theme this is really just going to be for this one song like as much as i told myself that like you picked up on a lot of the songs do fit under the same thematic umbrella. Mm, cool. Um, excuse me. <coughs> I'm coughing now. <laughs> oh my God, it's contagious. It is. I lied about the digital thing. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I just got over a cold, so I'm just. Oh, I'm just getting one. So apparently, oh. this is. Apparently, this it, it really is going both ways. It is a statewide or, you know, countrywide epidemic, I think. It, it is. <laughs> there is no known cure, so. <laughs> Um, so when you, uh, <laughs> when you're writing your songs, where, where do you start? What, what, so if, do you start with your lyrics and, or is it, do you start with like, you put together some kind of track and then try and piece the lyrics onto it? Or is it, um, you know, just a sort of natural progression you're playing along with the guitar or something and you're, you know, humming out various keys and things. The only track that I've ever had, uh, that I've only ever really had a, a, a lyrical thing first was the actual title track, The Devil. Uh, I, I knew somewhere in the chorus, I'm the devil, would be, would be the hook. And that's, that's really the only time that's happened because lyrics are absolutely the hardest part for me and the part that I dread. Like, I can, I can sit and, like, sometimes the music comes very easily, sometimes it's beating my head into a wall until it's hamburger. Uh, <laughs> but even... Even still, like as difficult as some of the musical times are, I still will take that gladly over sitting down with an empty text document or an empty paper and going, uh, okay, make words now and make them rhyme. <laughs> I, that's, that is not my forte at all. Uh, so the way that things typically come together, sometimes I'll have, sometimes I'll have an idea for, you know, I'll, I'll kind of hear a bit of what I want the song to be in my head, you know, a general like, Oh, I, it should be a beat like this and a riff that kind of has this vibe. Sometimes it'll be something like that. Uh, sometimes it'll be a melody that, that comes to me. My, <laughs> the memos on my phone are full of me <laughs> driving and singing in horrible, horrible melodies into it or going like, okay, this is a guitar riff. Dun -dun 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 -dun, you know, yeah. and then bringing it back into the studio and saying, okay, what the hell 
what the hell was I trying to get across in there? I have no idea. And maybe I should have been driving during that point because I clearly <laughs> have a head injury. So <laughs> sometimes it's that and sometimes it's, uh, you know, the only way to really get results is to work when you don't feel inspired. So sometimes I'll just pull up a beat and start noodling around on bass or a guitar or synths. And a lot of what I do sounds the way it does because I've tried everything else that sucked and didn't work for me first. And then by process of, of elimination went like, oh, well, now here's why we have the chorus to this, because I just sucked horribly 23 times in a row before this happened. Mm. <laughs> so it's oh, the writing the um the writing and production process is failure 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 gold yes that's i that's that's pretty much same for me as well right it's just yeah. you keep going keep going and then you get to that point where you're almost about to give up yes and then you get it and you just like you try and get yourself to that point every time but there's no quick route to it no there's you, not you and have to fail much- that 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 26 times before you can (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah and it doesn't matter how many times how many times you've done it before because just about every song has the same has the same path first i'm really excited about it then i'm being workmanlike about it then i reach a brick wall and like well this is impossible this song will never get done or uh i suck and i should never make music again uh, maybe I should just go dig a hole, bury myself in it. <laughs> um, but then pushing past that is when that's when the actual that's when like the actual art for me happens. I mean, everyone's process is is different, but it doesn't matter how many songs I write. That is the process every single time. Yeah. And and you and you just confirmed like it's <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me I'm, I'm we would probably be surprised how many people have that exact same process yeah it's like you have to um you have to stop uh thinking about it I guess is probably the because you got you go into it thinking I've got this great idea yeah and you get some of it down and you, like you say you put it in your memo and your phone I've done the same thing I go there with a beat or whatever and then it just doesn't go right. It doesn't go right. And then you stop caring or you get to that point where you're not caring as yeah. much. And then that's when you sort of, I guess your brain just opens up to where you want it to be. Absolutely. Um, but you can't start in that area because you're excited about it. You care about it. You want it to do this certain thing, but you just can't get it to do it. And then when you're just, like I say, when I said before, you're just about to give up when you stop, caring so much about it that's when it happens and then you absolutely there it is it's 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 almost like you're in a it's almost like you're in a courtship style thing if you if you're the type of person to every day send flowers and candy that person's gonna be like uh i don't i don't know about this man like you gotta you gotta take some time but if you just kind of stroll past go like hey what's up and like oh hey yeah yeah, well, this guy's not overly invested. He doesn't seem like the type to burn himself with candle wax and draw weird pictures at night. So, <laughs> yeah, let's go get coffee, dude. <laughs> I love your descriptions. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> Are you... Um, sorry. <clears throat> I'll start that again without my voice breaking. <laughs> no problem. There you go. Um, Are you planning on taking this on the road? Absolutely. Yeah, I... um. I had a absolute blast doing the two-man Cell Dweller live show uh, in 2010 and 2011, and I loved the hell out of <coughs> out of being on stage and jumping around for people, and even more than that, getting to meet the people afterwards, like finishing the show, uh, and despite being all sweaty and gross, being able to go out and shake people's hands or uh or just just to meet the people face to face that are supporting this the people who came out to uh to say like hey this is this is worth <laughs> this is worth going out and supporting and seeing live i th- i think that i think that's amazing and the original idea that i had uh <coughs> and i actually started trying to work out the uh the particulars of the production and some of the arrangements the original idea that i had was to do Blue Stolly as a one man as a one man show and 
I I knew that I didn't want to do like like if I were doing a one man thing, I didn't want to like uh you know just have the electric guitar and try to reproduce the songs as they were on the record. Yeah. Uh <laughs> because that just that didn't feel like me. So I was working out acoustic arrangements of all of the songs and then was going to do uh, like backing beats and backing production and stuff like that. And probably the um, the the best way to describe it would be like uh, seeing Jeff Buckley backed up by sneaker pimps. OK. And that was that was the original idea. But then as these songs got progressively more like for the devil got progressively more high energy. I thought, you know what, this is going to like, especially since I haven't taken Blue Stolly live yet, this would just, this would weird people out. If they're hearing a song like Armageddon mm. and like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to see Blue Stolly live. I'm going to jump around and get all crazy. And they come to the show. I'm like, oh, well, welcome to Simon and Garfunkel. That's, <laughs> that's on you. I already got your money. That's, that's not me. So I'm like, oh. I, I will do that, but I'll wait. I'll wait until after I do like a full on like rock high energy show. So the the plan for it is to do uh like an ass kicking three piece rock and roll band with backing electronics. Yeah. Uh like if like if like if Royal Blood were being remixed by Crystal Method. And <laughs> so I there there's still a lot in that production that I have to <laughs> that I have to work out. I won't be touring directly after the album but i will be touring i have a couple more albums to uh uh to kick out before then what more more blue starly albums or is it another anti-sleep or there there's going to be two more anti-sleeps at least uh there was a an ep for anti-sleep four uh which is anti-sleep four chapter one and that's <laughs> that's on spotify and the youtubes and everywhere else right now uh and 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 a a perfect example of like the multi-genre Stolly action because you have everything from like the upbeat, almost chill wave EDM of Sunset Neon and then spy tracks like Secret Agent Business and like indie blues rock. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to finish up that album. That'll be more of that like wild flailing multi-genre action mm-hmm. uh, in Anti-Sleep Volume 5 that will uh, will be very much like um It'll be very much like Anti Sleep Volume Three, where it's all kind of pointedly directed towards like the darker end of like the trailer and game sound design spectrum. Yeah. And the thing that I'm really excited about is doing an album of tracks called Premonitions. And there's two of them that are out right now. <laughs> the basic idea of them is as it was working on the tracks, uh, I would wind up playing the riffs and doing weird other things with them trying to find the way in the song it would find completely different directions that these things could go but i'm like well i want to keep the song focused i don't want to go in like a million different directions because you know i'm not dream theater i'm not (laughs) don't listen to me if you want like progressive music i do essentially pop songs that are loud uh so every now and again I'll, I'll see someone coming like oh why isn't this a 12 minute song that changes every two seconds like because you are listening to the wrong band <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh to to sort of get that out uh as a as a perfect example uh the song the fall on on the record the devil mm-hmm. is like a straight ahead uh like rage against the machine meets muse style uh mid-tempo fist in the air rock song with uh with melodic vocals and like very tightly tightly produced and mixed and as it was as it was messing around on an acoustic guitar one day i thought you know if you played that riff a little bit lower and really slow you would have like this cool swampy dirge kind of thing so i i did that and recorded in like all acoustic guitar stuff and did some more like organic instrumentation and that's so that same song can either be this mid-tempo fist in the air rock song with a pop arrangement sort of thing Mm. or the premonition of the fall which is actually out and if you go to uh youtube.com forward slash blue stolly you can you can see it in there. I actually edited together a little uh a crazy little video for it that looks like a trailer for true detective and it's this it's this creepy, haunting, 
like southern gothic sort of thing. That sounds so, really cool. Uh, yeah, so a full album of Premonitions will be that's like the the next biggest thing that'll yeah. be coming out and right now I'm working on um uh I'm working on remixes for something very very cool that I'm not allowed to talk about is but just, I all I can say is that I'll be doing remixes for something awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I, look, I look forward to that. Awesome. <laughs> um, send it to you. Yes. Um, well, one second again. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. It is catching. It is. <laughs> um, uh, what What kind of setup do you have in your studio? Um, I only ask because I, I, I love making electronic music, so I have like my own door and everything like that that mm. I use. And I'm always interested to see what other, other artists use, so... Um, yeah, what what other like equipment programs um, things do you use to make your music? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most uh, everything I've done up until very recently for Blue Stolly has been in Pro Tools, and I've recently switched over to Cubase. And it, I mean, each each one has its pros and its cons. Uh, there there are things I'm really really enjoying about about Cubase over pro tools. And I've also had way, way less crashes and, and way less <laughs> connectivity issues. Uh, so that's, that's been the main, that's been the main DAW for that. But also since, uh, my roots will always be in the tracking scene. Uh, I'm diving back into, uh, I'm diving back into the whole tracking thing. And there's a, there's a DAW called Renoise that, uh, is like the next gen version of, trackers like back in the day and especially when they were dos based it was really just it was really just a sampler plus sequencer like there was no way to draw automation you know and there was no uh no filters or vsts or DirectX plugins or anything like that it was just here's a sampler here's a sequencer trying to do something cool with it and now renoise is where they're taking the modern functionality of DAWs like Cubase and Logic and Pro Tools and mixing that with the old school tracker style and and aesthetic. And it's, God, is it great. It, I love the hell out of it. So the things that I'm doing now are are kind of a mix of both Cubase and, uh, and Renoise. And I'm actually going to be using Renoise quite a bit more. Uh, so... The hardware side of the studio, I've got an, what is this? This is a M-Audio Axiom Pro 61 key MIDI controller, which is the same thing that uh, that Clay and I use live mm. for Cell Dweller because everything is totally mappable and it integrates really well. Yeah. Uh, I have for a mixer a SSL X-Rack, so it's got really damn good separation with all of that, got a little patch bay to run things through. Uh, there's a Digi O2 that was for that was there for Pro Tools, and miraculously, Cubase will see it. So, uh, so <laughs> we didn't have to like tear out a whole part of that, which is my god, that 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 could have been a disaster. And I'm so glad that worked out. Yeah. And when I'm doing stuff, uh, when I'm doing stuff at home, it's really just, it's really just my macbook like i still have yet to uh i have yet to uh buy an actual interface or decent controller and things like that i've uh i I do a lot of uh a lot of programming uh in renoise just just at home just taking the laptop somewhere or uh, i do a lot of uh, i do a lot of traveling so when i'm on the plane or when i'm waiting for the plane or when I want people to not talk to me, then that's that's where I can be found. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to check out Renoise because I've not used that. Um, oh, my God. It's great. But I'm, yeah, I'm definitely going to check that one out um, just to see what it's about. Because I, I kind of joined the digital age at a point where Cubase was running on an Atari Falcon. Oh, okay. Um, so it was very quite it was primitive. It was like green screen. Sure. Um, but it was like a editable interface. You know, you can move the blocks around to sort of create your song. If you want to so record it in blocks and just put it in sequence you want. Um, but it was very slow. It took very uh, a long time to bounce down the tracks and everything. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I've gone, I, I mean, I've gone for that. I now use, uh, like for this interview right here, I'm actually using Ableton to record it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but, we... Um... 
Uh, Ableton was used uh, extensively for putting together and running the Cell Dweller live show and is probably what I will use to run uh, my live show as well because yeah. it's just in a live situation, it, it had proved itself to be pretty damn rock solid for handling live input and stuff like that. So that's I, sh- I, sh- I should mention that as well for, for live action. And yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a very... That's a that that's a very workmanlike program. Yeah, no, I I got it for its uh, live capabilities as well. Um, I've used it a few times, um, but I was um, I have like Logic, Cubase, things like that as well that I yeah. use for sort of my main songwriting um, work on there. So <clears throat> um, that's but, awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's really cool just to hear like new stuff like Renoise. I not really heard of it, um, so I'm definitely going to check that out and see if I can. Uh, do anything with it so because <laughs> i'm always looking for new ways to create sounds and things or put stuff together so oh this this is a it's a completely different way of working than you're than you're used to yeah. uh, a, lo- a lot of people see the interface and go like oh screw this this looks like <laughs> this looks like math and my head hurts yeah and it's because it, it does look like matrix code filling up your screen but i my god i love the hell out of it yeah, I'm going to check it out. It's because I, I like to put myself in uh, like uncomfortable situations when it comes to writing things. Uh, even with my work as well, I always in, you know, put myself in those situations where it's <clears throat> where I'm not, like say, most comfortable. And I always seem to... You grow more from it. And, you know, if I can Absolutely. figure it out and get something from it, then it's worth it. So it, for, it forces a new perspective that you would not have otherwise arrived at. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, so, yeah, um, so I was just going to ask you, do you have any hobbies away from music? I am so boring. I'm so freaking boring. Uh, t- <laughs> uh, most of my time is spent uh, is spent with music, and it used to be that I would take I would take long drives just listening mu- to music. And now that's kind of been replaced. The driving and listening to music has been replaced with driving and listening to audiobooks because I. I rarely have I rarely have enough time to just sit down with a book and give it the time that it deserves. So like commutes and travel and stuff like that, audiobooks are a perfect way for me to 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 fill that time in and right now I'm in the I'm almost at the end of uh Joe Hill's NOS 4A2, which is one of the best things that I've ever read slash listen to holy crap is it good everyone should listen to that and it's kate mulgrew who reads it you don't want captain janeway to read you a story i know i do <laughs> so that's that's definitely part of it. i mean that'll that'll also be just you know going on walks into the into the wilderness and trying to get lost while uh while listening to while listening to audiobooks that's also if you're listening to something like uh uh like laird baron or something like that so, you know or people who are doing more uh existential weird fiction that's a really good way to turn a walk into a run yeah you're like uh <laughs> yeah it's suddenly dark and um the story's under my skin so i'm gonna run as fast as i can back to my house now yeah uh i i love the hell out of that just finding weird little trails and walking and and just sort of trying to get my brain to shut off or not think about Oh, how do I deconstruct this drum loop? Oh, how do I put this thing back together and just have a different <laughs> have yeah. have a different vision, have some have some other uh have some other influences. Uh I love the hell out of <coughs> uh out of film and things like uh things like David Lynch movies. I'm all about that and you know movies, movies that are still genre but a little more off the beaten path like uh Kill List from uh ben wheatley is one of my is is one of my favorite films <laughs> and and I, I that that's the sort of thing where it just seeing such different visuals that i wouldn't have been exposed to and seeing something uh a little more a little more fantastical because you know if someone's like hey do you want to watch a really weepy family drama or coming of age story I'm like hell no dude like it's your- <laughs> Your life does not have enough drama, so you got to fill it with more. Fuck that! I want robots, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I I like uh, I like watching things of a more like you know sci-fi, horror, cyberpunk, or uh, all the way to the more like artistic. Uh, you know, like 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 David Lynch and Lars von Trier and things like that. Yeah, uh, and just 
waking up a different part of my brain and taking in <laughs> taking in any art uh, I possibly can. So I uh, I don't miss a chance to go uh, be around art, whether that's galleries or showings or just watching other people create. Uh, a lot of a, a lot of what I do to unwind is just kind of going off grid and disappearing. So I I kind of love the random solo road trip out to nowhere with no particular destination and not really knowing how you're going to get back, but somehow finding a way back anyway. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I I was going to say um I'm I'm the same with the music and then listening to like audio books or. Oh, awesome. um, or like podcasts and things like that just like talk radio of sorts yeah just, just to just to de- like get away from the the noise that is in their head like from the music um but i just finished uh armada by ernest klein oh i i had done uh ready player one and i just saw that he had that he had armada out how was that um it was good yeah it was good um I wouldn't say it was as good as ready player one but it's um uh, it's a different story but it's the same uh the same sort of format if you will gotcha. a, lot, a lot of like pop culture references set oh nice it's very um last starfighter if you remember that movie oh really you know, oh kid- that's i mean i love i love the hell out of the movie yeah so it's very like kid plays video game video game turns into a training tool nah, and the nice. story goes from there so but it's no it's really it's uh it's really good but yeah i'm on i'm looking for another one now so uh my uh audible accounts just giving me an extra credit so i'm just gonna <laughs> oh my god like i i cannot say enough good things about nos 4a2 from joe hill joe hill is uh he's actually stephen king's kid okay and he uses hill as a pseudonym so he's like don't like like i'm not trying to be my dad man but it's it's very clear that he's his father's son it's it's just so it's so well written and kate mulgrew was one of the best readers I've ever heard. Like I've I've lost count of how many times during driving and listening to this thing that I've out loud been like, "Oh, oh my god." Or like clapping and cheering like, "Yeah, screw that guy." Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. it's really like you will I guarantee you'll get into it. Cool. I'll t- I'll definitely check it out. Awesome. So it was it NOS4A2. Yeah. Okay, cool. The cra- the crazy thing is that's uh I mean, you'll even see it on the uh, on the cover, it's um, it's a license plate, and it's you know said phonetically, it's Nosferatu. Yes, that's and I was, I was, when I said it out, I was like, that sounds like Nosferatu. <laughs> yep, and like a crazy thing was, I was driving and listening to that uh, on my way to somewhere last Sunday, and while I was getting really into the story, I looked over to the car next to me, who was just ahead of me a little bit, and. <laughs> Their license plate was V A M P one R three. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta be kidding me! Like this is, like someone's out to get me right now. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it's I I highly recommend that. It's just, it's fun. It's scary. It's it's everything that you would want in that in that kind of experience, and and definitely whisks you away. Cool. Yeah, because I had a few, uh, when I was out walking my dog late at night, and um, I listened to, it was a podcast, like story podcast called They're Alive, or We're Alive, sorry. Oh, I haven't heard of that. And it's, um, it's a, like, like every week they came out with a different episode. It's like a zombie apocalypse oh, cool. survival thing. And um, it's like done like a proper old radio place. So you've got all the sound effects in the background. And I live in a relatively rural area. Nice. Particular episodes when I'm walking around, and because I've got my <laughs> headphones on, it's done in stereo, so it sounds like things are creeping up behind me. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so like you say it turned a walk into a run. So, <laughs> exactly. Yep, absolutely. If you want another like podcast experience like that, uh, there's one called the Black Tapes that I love the hell out of. Uh, the Black Tapes podcast. It's it's a fiction story, but it's pre- it's presented as nonfiction. It's done in the exact same style as Serial, and they okay. man, do they ever nail that style? Like it sounds like you're listening to an episode of Serial, mm. but it's like Serial meets the X Files. Okay, it's probably the best way to describe it without giving stuff away. Cool, I'll check that out. I'll check that out as well because I'm like I said, I'm looking for new stuff to listen to. So, 
Oh, hell yeah. Giving me two recommendations there, which I will check out. So perfect. Cool. Well, Brett, thank you very much. Um, absolutely. Thank you, man. Thank you for your time. Um, let's do a quick plug for your new album again. Uh, it's called the devil. It's out on October the 2nd. Uh, they can grab it from the fixed store. That's F I X T S T O R E.com forward slash blue starly. Um, you also check you out, uh, blue starly.com Facebook. I'm assuming that's forward slash um, blue starly. Uh, Facebook is, uh, facebook.com forward slash, uh, blue starly music, blue starly music. Okay. And Twitter is at blue starly. Yep. Uh, YouTube. Is that just blue starly as well? Just blue starly. Uh, I'm actually now on Snapchat as well. So if you look for, if you look for Brett blue starly, uh, you will see me doing weird crap. Cool. And Instagram and SoundCloud. We still on there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, SoundCloud is just a uh, regular blue Stolly. Instagram is blue underscore Stolly. Cool. Which I know I should probably change. <laughs> cool. But yeah, so um, everyone go check it out. Get the album on October the 2nd. Um, are you still got your pre-order deals going on? Yes. Well? Yeah. There's uh, all the way up until the actual release of the album on the 2nd. Uh, you can go to fixedstore.com forward slash the devil. And there's all of these, like, you'll see all the different tiered pre-order stuff. If you want just the album or if you want like, oh, I want the album and I want a T-shirt, but I don't want to pay that same. I don't want to pay the regular amount for both of those. I want like a cool deal on it. Well, you can do that. Mm. So there's all sorts of because there's a bunch of uh, really cool new merch that came out for this as well. There's stickers. There's many new T-shirts. There's a really, really freakishly awesome poster that uh that that my sister awesome uh awesome fine gallery artist and tattooer nicole marie mccord uh painted and it's it's just a really <laughs> it's a really incredible really incredible thing like hell go there just to look at the poster it's freaking awesome <laughs> cool awesome man all right thank you again all right yeah, and man, um thank yes, you good luck with your album all right it's it's a great album i hope it does does well for you Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate that. And good luck with all of the awesome stuff that you're doing and you. <laughs> keep doing it, man. I will. I will. I'm not, I'm not going to give up yet. So <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Thank you again. Take it okay, easy. Cool. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Now we have it. We come to the end of another great podcast. Uh, it was, it was real fun to speak to him. Um, I look forward to doing it again, maybe catching him live as well, which would be awesome. Um, but yeah, check out his new album, The Devil. It's out on October 2nd, available from all good music stockists. Uh, also, check out The Fixed Store. That's F-I-X-T-S-T-O-R-E. Uh, check out the other artists they've got on there as well. Cell Dweller, Richie Nicks, uh, and a couple of others. That um, They're all great. They're all great. It's a great label. Um, it's a good little movement they've got going as well. But yeah, check it out. Check out DJForceX.com. Uh, for ways to listen to my show, my radio show, because uh, you've already got the podcast, so you know how to get that. But please, rate and review. Um, that just helps push these artists, gets a little bit of you know exposure for the podcast as well. But you know, I'm not really looking to sell anything anymore, apart from the, the artists that I have on here, um, because that's what this is here for. Uh, so yeah, if you can check that out, do that for me. That would be awesome. So until next time, this is DJ Force X out.